33. If dolphins, and it seems a wonderful thing to make a leap from a thing which does not resist but slips away, of the swimming of animals of the long form, such as eels and the like, of the mode of swimming against currents and in the rapid falls of rivers, of the mode of swimming of fishes of a round form, how it is that animals which have not long hind quarters cannot swim, how it is that all other animals which have feet with toes, know by nature how to swim, excepting man, in what way man ought to learn to swim, of the way in which man may rest on the water, how man may protect himself against whirlpools or eddies in the water, which dragged him down, how a man dragged to the bottom must seek the reflex which will throw him up from the depths, how he ought to move his arms, how to swim on his back, how he can and how he cannot stay under water unless he can hold his breath, how by means of a certain machine many people may stay some time under water, how and why I do not describe my method of remaining under water, or how long I can stay without eating, and I do not publish nor divulge these by reason of the evil nature of men who would use them as means of destruction at the bottom of the sea, by sending ships to the bottom, and sinking them together with the men in them, and although I will impart others, there is no danger in them, because the mouth of the tube, by which you breathe, is above the water supported on bags or corks, on naval warfare 1115, 11-16, 11-15, supposing in a battle between ships and galleys that the ships are victorious by reason of the high of air tops, you must haul the yard up almost to the top of the mast, and at the extremity of the yard, that is the end which is turned towards the enemy, have a small cage fastened, wrapped up below and all round in a great mattress full of cotton so that it may not be injured by the bombs, then, with the capstan, haul down the opposite end of this yard and the top on the opposite side will go up so high, that it will be far above the round top of the ship, and you will easily drive out the men that are in it, but it is necessary that the men who are in the galley should go to the opposite side of it so as to afford a counterpoise to the weight of the men placed inside the cage on the yard, 1116. If you want to build an armada for the sea employ these ships to ram in the enemy's ships. That island makes ships 100 feet long and 8 feet wide, but arranged so that the left-hand rowers may have their oars to the right side of the ship, and the right-hand ones to the left side, as is shown at M so that the leverage of the oars may be longer, and the said ship may be one foot and a half thick, that is made with cross beams within and without, with planks in contrary directions, and this ship must have attached to it a foot below the water, an iron shop spike of about the weight and size of an anvil, and this, my force of oars may, after it has given the first blow, be drawn back, and driven forward again with fury give a second blow, and then a third, and so many as to destroy the other ship, the use of swimming belts, 1117, a method of escaping in a tempest and shipwreck at sea, have a coat made of leather, which must be double across the breast, that is having a hem on each side of about a finger breadth, thus it will be double from the waist to the knee, and the leather must be quite airtight, when you want to leap into the sea, blow out the skirt of your coat through the double hems of the breast, and jump into the sea, and allow yourself to be carried by the waves, when you see no shore near, give your attention to the sea you are in and always keep in your mouth the air tube which leads down into the coat, and if now and again you require to take a breath of fresh air, and the foam prevents you, you may draw a breath of the air within the coat. Footnote, Amoretti, Memori Storici, Toff, II, B figure 5, gives the same figure, somewhat altered. 6. Locana del Oria, compare volume I number I note on the gravity of water, 1118, 
if the weight of the sea bears on its bottom, a man, lying on that bottom and having L000 brassia of water on his back, would have enough to crush him, diving apparatus and skating 1119-1121-1119, of walking underwater, method of walking on water, footnote, the two sketches belonging to this passage are given by Amoretti, Memory Storiki, Toff, II, Figure 3 and 4, 1120, just as on a frozen river a man may run without moving his feet, so a car might be made that would slide by itself, footnote, the drawings of carts by the side of this text have no direct connection with the problem as stated in words, compare number 1448, L17, 1121, a definition as to why a man who slides on ice does not fall, on flying machines 1120-1126-1122, man when flying must stand free from the waist upwards so as to be able to balance himself as he does in a boat so that the center of gravity in himself and in the machine may counterbalance each other, and be shifted as necessity demands for the changes of its center of resistance, 1123, remember that your flying machine must imitate no other than the bat because the web is what by its union gives the armor, or strength to the wings, if you imitate the wings of feathered birds, you will find a much stronger structure, because they are pervious, that island their feathers are separate and the air passes through them, but the bat is aided by the web that connects the whole and is not pervious, 1124, to escape the peril of destruction, destruction to such a machine may occur in two ways, of which the first is the breaking of the machine, the second would be when the machine should turn on its edge or nearly on its edge, because it ought always to descend in a highly oblique direction, and almost exactly balanced on its center, as regards the first the breaking of the machine, that may be prevented by making it as strong as possible, and in whichever direction it may tend to turn over, one center must be very far from the other, that island in a machine 30 brassy along the centers must be 4 brassy one from the other, 1125. Bags by which a man falling from a height of six brassia may avoid hurting himself. By a fall whether into water or on the ground, and these bags, strung together like a rosary, are to be fixed on one's back. 1126. An object offers as much resistance to the air as the air does to the object. You may see that the beating of its wings against the air supports a heavy eagle in the highest and rarest atmosphere, close to the sphere of elemental fire. Again you may see the air in motion over the sea. Fill the swelling sails and drive heavily laden ships. From these instances, and the reasons given, a man with wings large enough and duly connected might learn to overcome the resistance of the air, and by conquering it, succeed in subjugating it and rising above it. Footnote, a parachute is here sketched, with an explanatory remark. It is reproduced on top, XBI in the Saggio, and in, Leonardo da Vinci a less engineer etc. Ein Betragser Jeskichte der Technikut der Inductive and Wissenschaften. Von Dr. Hermann Groth, Berlin 1874, page 50, of mining, 1127. If you want to know where a mine runs, place a drum over all the places where you suspect that it is being made, and upon this drum put a couple of dice, and when you are over the spot where they are mining, the dice will jump a little on the drum at every blow which is given underground in the mining. There are persons who, having the convenience of a river or a lake in their lands, have made, close to the place where they suspect that a mine is being made, a great reservoir of water, and have countermined the enemy, and having found them, have turned the water upon them and destroyed a great number in the mine, of Greek fire, 
1128, Greek fire, take charcoal of willow, and saltpetre, and sulfuric acid, and sulfur, and pitch, with frankincense and camphor, and Ethiopian wool, and boil them all together, this fire is so ready to burn that it clings to the timbers even under water, and add to this composition liquid varnish, and bituminous oil, and turpentine and strong vinegar, and mix all together and dry it in the sundae or in an oven when the bread is taken out, and then stick it round hempen or other toe, molding it into a round form, and studding it all over with very sharp nails, you must leave in this ball an opening to serve as a fusee, and cover it with rosin and sulfur, again, this fire, stuck at the top of a long plank which has one bracho length of the end pointed with iron that it may not be burnt by the said fire, is good for avoiding and keeping off the ships, so as not to be overwhelmed by their onset, again throw vessels of glass full of pitch onto the enemy's ships when the men in them are intent on the battle, and then by throwing similar burning balls upon them you have it in your power to burn all their ships. Footnote, Venturi has given another short text about the Greek fire in a French translation essay section XIV. He adds that the original text is to be found in Nisbe 30. Libri speaks of it in a note as follows Histoire de Sciences Mathematiques and Italie Volume II page 129, La Composition du Figri Choisies de Undichases Gilantia la plus Churches et qui sont encore la plus Dutuses, Andit Quil Fut Inventio Septium Siecla de la Crede en Parlchitect Colinic Constantini Porfiro Genetti Opera, Lugged, Batef, 1617, in 8VO, page 172, D. Admin, Imper, EXP. 48. At IL Southeast Truve Suvent Mention Parla Historians Bizonins. Tantan on Lee Langate Avec de Machines. Come on Lancer at Unbanch. Tantan on Lee Soufflite Avec de Longs Tubes. Come on Soufflire and Gazette OU and Liquide and Flamani Comnene Alexias. Page 335. Lib. XI. Iliani et Leonis. Imperatories Tactica. Lugged. Bad. 1613. In 4. Part. To a page 322. Leonis Tact. Cap. L9. Joinville. Histoire du Saint Louis Collect. Petito Tom. II. Page 235. Les Crevains de Saint Culo Northeast Pouvet Pondinger Seafood. Mais Quebec du Vinaigre et du Sable en White Parvinate. Swivent Quelks Historians Le Figrichois 88 Composed de Soufferet de Resine. Marcus Griquis Liberitnum. Paris. 1804. In 40 Dunn Plusher's Manners de la Ferqui Northeast Saint Patres Intelligibles. Mais parmi les quels en trouve de la composition de la powder a canon. Leonard de Vinci Anasses. De Leonard de Vinci. Volume BF 30. Dit con le ficet avec du charbon de sel. Du salpetre. De l'eau de vie. De la resine. Du soufre. De l'eau poit du camphre. Mais ilias de probable cunus Northeast Savons Pocculi 88 SA Composition. Sir to the cause to secret cute and fiscient legrix, and if it, lempier constant in porphyro generic command a sun fills de northeast jamais and on a rocks barbers, and de lord reponder, sills and demandiant, could elevate it a porti do sealed paran and jet culely secret innovated con the ox cratians constantini porphyro genity opera, page 2627, d admin, imper, cap, 12, of music 1129, 1129. A drum with cogs working by wheels with springs. Footnote, this chapter consists of explanations of the sketches shown on place CXXI. 
Lines 1 and 2 of the text are to be seen at the top at the left-hand side of the first sketch of a drum. Lines 3-5 refer to the sketch immediately below this. Line 6 is written as the side of the seventh sketch. And lines 7 and 8 at the side of the eighth. Lines 9-16 are at the bottom in the middle. The remainder of the text is at the side of the drawing at the bottom. A square drum of which the parchment may be drawn tight or slackened by the lever of a drum for harmony. A clapper for harmony, that island three clappers together. Just as one and the same drum makes a deep or acute sound according as the parchments are more or less tightened. So these parchments variously tightened on one and the same drum will make various sounds. Keys narrow and close together, pick eye far apart, these will be right for the trumpet shown above. Must enter in the place of the ordinary keys which have the in the openings of a flute, 1130, timbles to be played like the monochord, or the soft flute, here there is to be a cylinder of cane after the manner of clappers with a musical round called a cannon, which is sung in four parts, each singer singing the whole round, therefore I here make a wheel with four teeth so that each tooth takes by itself the part of a singer, footnote, in the original there are some more sketches, to which the text, from line 6, refers, they are studies for a contrivance exactly like the cylinder in our musical boxes. 1131. Of decorations. White and sky blue cloths. Woven in checks to make a decoration. Cloths with the threads drawn at a B C D E F G H I K to go round the decoration. X I X. Philosophical maxims. Morals. Polemics and speculations. Vasari indulges in severe strictures on Leonardo's religious views. He speaks. Among other things of his, Caprixi nel filo so far del cos naturally, and says on this point, Por il chafis nell'ani non concetto assire di coce e non assire costavra qual si voglia religione, stimando per aventura assire lo esser filo so folce cristiano, see the first edition of Levite. But this accusation on the part of a writer in the days of the Inquisition is not a very serious one and the less so, since, throughout the manuscripts, we find nothing to support it. Under the heading of, Philosophical Maxims, I have collected all the passages which can give us a clear comprehension of Leonardo's ideas of the world at large. It is scarcely necessary to observe that there is absolutely nothing in them to lead to the inference that he was an atheist. His views of nature and its laws are no doubt very unlike those of his contemporaries, and have a much closer affinity to those which find general acceptance at the present day. On the other hand, it is obvious from Leonardo's will seen number 1566 that, in the year before his death, he had professed to adhere to the fundamental doctrines of the Roman Catholic faith, and this evidently from his own personal desire and impulse. The incredible and demonstrably fictitious legend of Leonardo's death in the arms of Francis I, is given, with others, by Vasari and further embellished by this odious comment, Non avendo operato nell'ordine come si conveniva. This last accusation, it may be remarked, is above all evidence of the superficial character of the information which Vasari was in a position to give about Leonardo. It seems to imply that Leonardo was disdainful of diligent labor. With regard to the second, referring to Leonardo's morality and dealings with his fellow men, Vasari himself nullifies it by asserting the very contrary in several passages. A further refutation may be found in the following sentence from the letter in which Melsi, the young Milanese nobleman, announces the master's death to Leonardo's brothers, Credo C8 Certificati della Morte di Maestro Leonardo Fratello Vostro, e mio quanto ottimo padre, 
Parloquy morts arbor impossible che io potesis primirial dolor che io ho preso, e in mentor che queste missing in action membra is iso sterno in seam. Io possidero una perpetua infelicita, e meritamente perch sviserado et ardentissimo e more miles portava giornalmente, e dolto e diognuno lo perdita di tal uomo, quelli non e piu in podesta della natura, ecc. It is true that, in April 1476, we find the names of Leonardo and Veirocchio entered in the Libro di Ufficiali di Nottie di Monastery as breaking the laws, but we immediately after find the note Absoluti Concondizione Utiritum Burentur Tamborini was the name given to the warrant cases of the night police. The acquittal therefore did not exclude the possibility of a repetition of the charge. It was in fact repeated, two months later, and on this occasion the master and his pupil were again fully acquitted. Veirocchio was at this time 40 and Leonardo 4 and 20. The documents referring to this affair are in the state archives of Florence, they have been withheld from publication. But it seemed to me desirable to give the reader this brief account of the leading facts of the story, as the vague hints of it, which have recently been made public, may have given to the incident an aspect which it had not in reality, and which it does not deserve. The passages here classed under the head, Morals, reveal Leonardo to us as a man whose life and conduct were unfailingly governed by lofty principles and aims. He could scarcely have recorded his stern reprobation and immeasured contempt for men who do nothing useful and strive only for riches. If his own life and ambitions had been such as they have so often been misrepresented, at a period like that, when superstition still exercised in limited dominion over the minds not merely of the illiterate crowd, but of the cultivated and learned classes, it was very natural that Leonardo's views as to alchemy, ghosts, magicians, and the like should be met with stern reprobation whenever and wherever he may have expressed them, this accounts for the argumentative tone of all his utterances on such subjects which I have collected in subdivision III of this section, to these I have added some passages which throw light on Leonardo's personal views on the universe, they are, without exception, characterized by a broad spirit of naturalism of which the principles are more strictly applied in his essays on astronomy, and still more on physical geography, to avoid repetition, only such notes on philosophy, morals and polemics, have been included in this section as occur as independent texts in the original MSS. Several moral reflections have already been given in volume I in section, allegorical representations, mottos and emblems, others will be found in the following section. NOS, 9-12, Volume I are also passages of an argumentative character. It did not seem requisite to repeat here these and similar passages, since their direct connection with the context is far closer in places where they have appeared already, than it would be here. I philosophical maxims, prayers to God 1132, 1133, 1132, I obey the Lord, first for the love I ought, in all reason to bear thee, Secondly for that thou canst shorten or prolong the lives of men. 1133. A prayer. Thou, O God, dost sell us all good things at the price of labor. The powers of nature. 1134. 1139. 1134. O admirable impartiality of thine. Thou first mover, thou hast not permitted that any force should fail of the order or quality of its necessary results. 1135. Necessity is the mistress and guide of nature. Necessity is the theme and the inventress, the eternal curb and law of nature. 1136. In many cases one and the same thing is attracted by two strong forces, 
namely necessity and potency. Water falls in rain, the earth absorbs it from the necessity for moisture, and the sun evaporates it, not from necessity, but by its power. 1137. Weight, force and casual impulse, together with resistance, are the four external powers in which all the visible actions of mortals have their being and their end. 1138. Our body is dependent on heaven and heaven on the spirit. 1139. The motive power is the cause of all life. Psychology 1140-1147-1140. And you, O oh man, who will discern in this work of mine the wonderful works of nature, if you think it would be a criminal thing to destroy it, reflect how much more criminal it is to take the life of a man, and if this, his external form, appears to be marvelously constructed, remember that it is nothing as compared with the soul that dwells in that structure, for that indeed, be it what it may, is a thing divine. Leave it then to dwell in his work at his good will and pleasure, and let not your rage or malice destroy a life for indeed, he who does not value it, does not himself deserve it. Footnote, this text is on the back of the drawings reproduced on place CDII. Compare number 798, 35 note on page 111, compare also number 837 and 838, 1141. The soul can never be corrupted with the corruption of the body but is in the body as it were the air which causes the sound of the organ, where when a pipe bursts, the wine would cease to have any good effect. 1142. The part always has a tendency to reunite with its whole in order to escape from its imperfection. The spirit desires to remain with its body, because, without the organic instruments of that body, it can neither act, nor feel anything. 1143. If anyone wishes to see how the soul dwells in its body, let him observe how this body uses its daily habitation, that is to say, if this is devoid of order and confused, the body will be kept in disorder and confusion by its soul. 1144. Why does the eye see a thing more clearly in dreams than with the imagination being awake? 1145. The senses are of the earth, reason, stands apart in contemplation. 1146. Every action needs to be prompted by a motive to know and to will or to operations of the human mind, discerning, judging, deliberating our acts of the human mind. 1147. All our knowledge has its origin in our preceptions, science, its principles and rules. 1148, 1161, 1148. Science is the observation of things possible, whether present or past. Prescience is the knowledge of things which may come to pass, though but slowly. 1149. Experience the interpreter between formative nature and the human race, teaches how that nature acts among mortals, and being constrained by necessity cannot act otherwise than as reason, which is its helm, requires her to act. 1150. Wisdom is the daughter of experience. 1151. Nature is full of infinite causes that have never occurred in experience. 1152. Truth was the only daughter of time. 1153. Experience never errs, it is only your judgments that err by promising themselves effects such as are not caused by your experiments. Experience does not err, only your judgments err by expecting from her what is not in her power. Men wrongly complain of experience, with great abuse they accuse her of leading them astray but they set experience aside, turning from it with complaints as to our ignorance causing us to be carried away by vain and foolish desires to promise ourselves, in her name things that are not in her power, saying that she is fallacious, 
Men are unjust in complaining of innocent experience, constantly accusing her of error and of false evidence. 1154. Instrumental or mechanical science is of all the noblest and the most useful, seeing that by means of this all animated bodies that have movement perform all their actions, and these movements are based on the center of gravity which is placed in the middle dividing an equal weights, and it has dearth and wealth of muscles and also lever and counter lever. 1155. Of mechanics. Mechanics are the paradise of mathematical science, because here we come to the fruits of mathematics. Footnote, compare number 660, 11, 1922 volume I page 332, 1156. Every instrument requires to be made by experience. 1157. The man who blames the supreme certainty of mathematics feeds on confusion, and can never silence the contradictions of sophistical sciences which lead to an eternal quackery. 1158. There is no certainty in sciences where one of the mathematical sciences cannot be applied, or which are not in relation with these mathematics. 1159. Anyone who in discussion relies upon authority uses, not his understanding, but rather his memory. Good culture is born of a good disposition, and since the cause is more to be praised than the effect, I will rather praise a good disposition without culture, than good culture without the disposition. 1160. Science is the captain, and practice the soldiers. 1161. Of the errors of those who depend on practice without science, those who fall in love with practice without science are like a sailor who enters a ship without a helm or a compass, and who never can be certain whither he is going. I.I. Morals. What is life? 1162. 1163. 1162. Now you see that the hope and the desire of returning home and to one's former state is like the moth to the light, and that the man who with constant longing awaits with joy each new springtime, each new summer, each new month and new year deeming that the things he longs for are ever too late in coming does not perceive that he is longing for his own destruction. But this desire is the very quintessence, the spirit of the elements, which finding itself in prison with the soul is ever longing to return from the human body to its giver. And you must know that this same longing is that quintessence, inseparable from nature, and that man is the image of the world. 1163. O time, consumer of all things, O envious age, thou dost destroy all things and devour all things with the relentless teeth of years, little by little in a slow death. Helen, when she looked in her mirror, seeing the withered wrinkles made in her face by old age, wept and wondered why she had twice been carried away. O time consumer of all things, and O envious age, by which all things are all devoured, death, 1164, every evil leaves behind a grief in our memory, except the supreme evil, that is death, which destroys this memory together with life, how to spend life 1165 1170, 1165, zero sleepers, what a thing is slumber, sleep resembles death, God. Why then dost thou not work in such wise as that after death thou mayst retain a resemblance to perfect life? 1. During life. Thou art in sleep so like to the hapless dead. 1166. One pushes down the other. By these square blocks are meant the life and the studies of men. 1167. The knowledge of past times and of the places on the earth is both an ornament and nutriment to the human mind. 1168. To lie is so vile that even if it were in speaking well of godly things it would take off something from God's grace, and truth is so excellent, that if it praises but small things they become noble, 
Beyond a doubt truth bears the same relation to falsehood as light to darkness, and this truth is in itself so excellent that, even when it dwells on humble and lowly matters, it is still infinitely above uncertainty and lies, disguised in high and lofty discourses, because in our minds, even if lying should be their fifth element, this does not prevent that the truth of things is the chief nutriment of superior intellects, though not of wandering wits. But you who lie in dreams are better pleased by the sophistical reasons and frauds of wits in great and in certain things, than by those reasons which are certain and natural and not so far above us. 11.69. Avoid studies of which the result dies with the word occur. 11.70. Men are in error when they lament the flight of time, accusing it of being too swift, and not perceiving that it is sufficient as it passes, but good memory, with which nature has endowed us causes things long past to seem present. 1171. Learning acquired in youth arrests the evil of old age, and if you understand that old age has wisdom for its food, you will so conduct yourself in youth that your old age will not lack for nourishment. 1172. The acquisition of any knowledge is always of use to the intellect, because it may thus drive out useless things and retain the good, for nothing can be loved or hated unless it is first known. 1173. As a day well spent procures a happy sleep, so a life well employed procures a happy death. 1174. The water you touch in a river is the last of that which has passed, and the first of that which is coming. Thus it is with time present. Life if well spent, is long. 1175. Just as food eaten without caring for it is turned into a loathsome nourishment, so study without a taste for it spoils memory, by retaining nothing which it has taken in 1176. Just as eating against one's will is injurious to health, so study without a liking for it spoils the memory, and it retains nothing it takes in 1177. On Mount Etna the words freeze in your mouth and you may make ice of them, just as iron rusts unless it is used, and water putrefies or, in cold, turns to ice, so our intellect spoils unless it is kept in use, you do ill if you praise, and still worse if you reprove in a matter you do not understand. When fortune comes, seize her in front with a sure hand, because behind she is bald. 1178. It seems to me that men of coarse and clumsy habits and of small knowledge do not deserve such fine instruments nor so great a variety of natural mechanism as men of speculation and of great knowledge, but merely a sack in which their food may be stored and whence it may issue, since they cannot be judged to be anything else than vehicles for food for it seems to me they have nothing about them of the human species but the voice and the figure, and for all the rest are much below beasts. 1179. Some there are who are nothing else than a passage for food and augmenters of excrement and fillers of privies, because through them no other things in the world, nor any good effects are produced, since nothing but full privies results from them. On foolishness and ignorance 1180-1182-1180. The greatest deception men suffer is from their own opinions. 1181. Folly is the shield of shame, as unreadiness is that of poverty glorified. 1182. Blind ignorance misleads us thus and delights with the results of lascivious joys, because it does not know the true light, because it does not know what is the true light. Vain splendor takes from us the power of being. Behold, for its vain splendor we go into the fire. Thus blind ignorance does mislead us. That island blind ignorance so misleads us that, oh, wretched mortals, open your eyes, on riches 1183-1187, 1183, that is not riches, which may be lost, 
Virtue is our true good and the true reward of its possessor, that cannot be lost, that never deserts us. But when life leaves us, as to property and external riches, hold them with trembling, they often leave their possessor in contempt, and mocked at for having lost them. 1184. Every man wishes to make money to give it to the doctors, destroyers of life, they then ought to be rich. Man has much power of discourse which for the most part is vain and false, animals have but little, but it is useful and true, and a small truth is better than a great lie. 1185. He who possesses most must be most afraid of loss. 1186. He who wishes to be rich in a day will be hanged in a year. 1187. That man is of supreme folly who always wants for fear of wanting, and his life flies away while he is still hoping to enjoy the good things which he has with extreme labor acquired. Rules of Life 1188-1202-1188 If you govern your body by the rules of virtue you would not walk on all fours in this world. You grow in repute on.